0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of the SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball. Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the
0: bank. L.B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's gonna get his horse down! Now here's your host, Ralph Maltrowe.
2: And welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Marlborough. As always, we're brought to, to you by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have 136 draft beers. Go there, watch LSU baseball, uh, the NCAA tournament, the Final Four, all that good stuff. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. They, su- they support us, so you should support them.
3: I'll take what is a lug nut for 300, please, Alex.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. As I saw on Twitter, everybody's like, where the fuck's Ralph? They were supposed to have a podcast yesterday. Uh, I had a flat tire in my car. Um, well, whoa, well, well,
3: whoa. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think it's important for our listeners to know what type of car we're talking about here.
2: I drive a Mini? Yep. Yeah, I drive a there Mini. There you go. There dri- you
3: go, ladies and gentlemen. Ralph.
2: Drives a Mini. Uh, Kevin, do you have any thoughts on me driving a Mini?
0: I was getting ready. Look, we were thinking about calling the police to file a report, but then Andrew smartly reminded us, well, he needs to be gone for 24 hours, and he's only been gone 23 and a half. Okay, fine. One of you. We were texting. (laughs) Yeah. One of you smartly said 23 and a half hours to go. Get EquiSearch to go look for me. Right, and then you know and then, and, then, and then you suddenly start texting out of the blue, oh yeah guys, sorry, car trouble, uh, flat tire in the mini, and then immediately I'm picturing you and your gimpy ass on the side of the road, trying to change a tire from, trying to pull the tire out from underneath the mini with your wife standing over you screaming in Spanish while cars are zipping by at sixty miles an hour and you're petrified of getting sucked underneath an 18 wheeler that's good times. That's good times. I, I, Do you Ralph, realize what I, I, just, went I want well.
3: Ralph to take us back to the car dealership, and and <laughs> what possessed him to shake the guy's hand on the lot and say, "You know what? I'm gonna go with that.
2: One. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the, the 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 brand new Mini at full price. That's marked up to hell, and you can't get any package because everything's a la carte to make it custom. Um,
3: I mean, it must have come with some great
2: drugs. It it didn't. It came with good gas mileage. Andrew, I've ever said – what's that bank robber movie with Marky Mark? Um,
3: oh, The Heist? Yeah. The Italian Job? Yeah. No, Italian Job.
2: Italian Job. Like I saw that movie and I was like, a Mini? I want a fucking Mini. And it just like stuck with me, stuck with me, stuck with me. And when I finally was able to buy my first new car ever, I was like, I'm getting a Mini. And also, Houston, you have to drive fucking everywhere. And every, everywhere you go is a 45-minute trip. So the gas mileage is a real important thing, and you can park anywhere, and my wife really likes it. So those were all win-win-win. You,
3: win. You, you live in Texas, man. You don't live in, in London. <laughs>
2: that is true. Uh,
3: a mini. God. <laughs> yeah, well, my wife – You she- don't feel the slightest bit emasculated?
2: Um, Andrew, I always feel emasculated when I, uh, try to pull the tire out of my trunk and it's really hard and I can't, get, <laughs> I can't get the luck. And I, was just, I, I I I gave up that. I gave up that ghost. Like when I was like 14, I'm like, this is, I, I have like four pins in my leg and this is, I just, I just gave up that. I just gave up the whole thing. I'm going to be a man. Like, I just like that. I I I can't I can't I can't do that the the whole manly fixing things and strength and all that like uh, the only thing my, about me that makes me a man is I get closer and closer to making six figures that's the only thing the rest of it is just a mess um so yeah so I I, I drive a mini yeah. <laughs> and my wife's like M&M.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. And the, the, the thing about the Mini, though, is once you start driving the Mini, when you go back to, like, a regular car, it feels like you're driving a boat slash tank. Like, I'll drive my wife's car, and she'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, it just feels like I'm driving a bus.
3: How many Rob <laughs> Ryans could you fit in your car? Two,
2: probably, like, one.
3: <laughs> Two tops. I mean,
2: put it this way.
3: If Two the, tops if one of them had the lap belt surgery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because here's the thing, like when you go in the mini, and uh, uh, me and my wife will like go to Target and get a ton of groceries. It's barely enough for like me, her, and the groceries. With the seats <laughs> down, packed to the gills,
0: you know. So, 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 so this goes from one second sounding like a great endorsement for the mini. <laughs> two, two. Ah, uh, you may want to rethink it. Well, here's the thing: like, you can't have a mini if you
2: need space in your car. You, they're, they're, you uh, kids in a mini, I can't even fucking imagine getting kids. Oh,
3: in a I movie. just love that Ralph drops the the great gas mileage. Like, he can't purchase a Honda Civic like every what, other huge, yeah, warm but,
2: but but a about Honda Civics, like, oh, I drive a Honda Civic. Eh, people <laughs> people are always like, oh, you drive a mini. Or they're like, you drive a fucking Ooh. Mini. It's either good scorn or praise. So the Mini makes me unique. That could be good okay, or that could so be bad. so you're going
3: for shock value. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, well, the I thing just, is,
2: like, once me and my wife, that. when she finally gets pregnant, like, I won't be able to drive the Mini again, like, once we have
0: kids out. So I just need to, like, yeah, but, enjoy it. Yeah, okay, yeah, but here's the thing. If you're going to do that, if you're going for shock value and you don't care about the the – the comedically small size of your vehicle, why not just get a smart car?
2: Dude, because a smart car is like a go-kart. I feel very – I feel very, very unsafe in a smart car. Yeah. Fair I, point. The only – but the thing is like I didn't – like I didn't well, – Well, clearly
3: safety is not, not a paramount thing. I
2: feel safer in Wind my mini than I did in my Saturn. Because the Saturn was like a piece of plastic. At least the Mini is like metal. And I feel like. So. Here's the thing, though. Like I, when I was shopping for cars, I didn't say, I want a little tiny car. I said, I want a Mini. Like, if I wouldn't have got a Mini, I wouldn't have gone to, like, the Fiat or the Smart Car or the Bug. Like, it wasn't. I just like the Mini. Like, that's. It I, think, so I think
3: that makes it even worse. It
2: does. You could say it, it makes it even worse because I'm like I'm 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 trans, transfixed and uh, and the thing about a mini like you can't get like they know that you can't get a deal on a mini like you, they just are like that's what it costs you can't wheel and deal with them or anything.
3: All right, th- this is making me depressed. Let's <laughs> right. move on. All right, um, this is terrible.
2: All right, let's. Saints had actual news this week, Andrew. They said they brought <laughs> they said Pierre Thomas's agent at the combine. They were like, hey Pierre, we need to talk to you
3: about your future. Um. So usually not a good sign
2: usually not a good sign because they can cut him and they get three million dollars of cap space basically and no dead money so it's like a ripe piece of I guess contract to create room so what do you think they they're gonna do and what do you
3: want them to do well it's funny I've been asked a lot you know who's it gonna be
1: between Lance Moore and? this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Garrett Thomas, and it, it's it's a tough thing because if you look at the two, I feel like Lance Moore is the one between the two that underperformed in terms of his contract value and what he did on the field last season. But the problem is the Saints have Kyrie Robinson. They have Mark Ingram, who really came on strong at the end of the season. Um, and that playoff game against Philly was awesome. I mean, Robinson was too. And they've got Sproles. So they've got the depth at running back. And receiver is aging quickly, and the depth isn't really there. So um, it's kind of weird because it's you, know, you feel like Pierre Thomas is performing better. He's earned his contract more than Lance Moore has. Um, but from a pure depth standpoint... Um, they can probably, as a team, afford to lose a running back more than they can a receiver. So, um, and, and, you know, like, like you always say, Ralph, what Buddy D used to tell you, don't listen to what the Saints say, watch what they do. And if they're asking Pierre Thomas um, to discuss his future, um, that's not a good sign. Um, now, I'm hopeful that what, what potentially they would ask him to do is, is they would say, look, you've got one year left, and it's pricey. And we'd like to extend your contract to make it worth a lot less this year. So we'll give you a little signing bonus. You may make a little less than you would this year, but we'll extend you for another year so that you're on the roster and you're still under contract with us next season too. Um, so hopefully it's a restructure. Hopefully Pierre Thomas is open to it. Um, but if he's not, I mean, that, that's the decision. I think they'll probably put something like that to him and he may just say, you know what? I'd rather take my chances on an open market. Go ahead and cut me. Um, so I, I think part of it's on Thomas too. Does he want to stay with the Saints in a platoon system where he might be making less money?
2: Kevin, if the Saints don't have Pierre Thomas in 2014, how how does that change your position, your 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 thoughts on the run? Say say they get rid of Pierre Thomas and don't really add anybody significant in the draft. How do you feel about the running back position in 2014? <laughs>
0: Still going to be nervous. I mean, there's no. I mean, I mean, yeah. Mark. In- look, Mark Ingram had the phenomenal game, and then he started to pick. He started to get a little better as the season wore on. Because just, just a matter of fact. But Darren Sproles really. Uh, yeah, he faded down the stretch. Right, and I mean, who else are they going to bring out? Uh, Cadet. I mean, Ugh. Cadet didn't didn't have too much uh, did, did, didn't didn't impress too much when he was out there yeah. so they kind of need Pierre it's 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 weird to say it's it's weird to say we need four running backs like all of whom can play but we need four running backs all of whom can play
2: yeah I mean the thing that worries mm. me is that. Uh, Pierre Thomas is so good at little things like blitz pickup and and that sort of thing. I I worry about if the line like if they lose Pierre Thomas, Andrew if, – if they lose Pierre Thomas and they don't re-sign Streif and De La Puente, then the offensive line is in flux. Oh, and the guy who's really good at pass uh, blitz pickup and that sort of thing, he's gone too. So it's like a – like an interconnected thing where it, it starts to struggle. Um, what do you think the yeah. What do you think the number is for Pierre Thomas where he goes? Ah, eh, Saints. I'm not taking that. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice and go in the open market. It's just a guess. Where do you think? Where oh, do you uh,
3: think- I mean, I, he's making three million this year, so I don't really think he wants to go much below that. I mean, maybe. But can he get too-
2: Can he get? But but can he get that somewhere else?
3: That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if any team would want to make him the feature back, but I think it would be fairly easy for Pierre Thomas to find a team that would be willing to give him a platoon system of two backs. Um, I really feel like at this point the Saints really utilize three, if not four, um, guys. You know, really three in a game because I don't. Kyrie, you know, obviously wasn't used as much this year, so I would say they really use a platoon system of three backs. Um, but it can go pretty heavy on sprawls if they're passing a lot, which they tend to do. So um, I think Pierre Thomas could find himself in a situation where he was in a two back system, get more reps, um, get more plays. Um, but look, the, the Saints tried to play him more often um, in the past, and he, he often got injured. So, um, you know, this system um, and the reps that he got the past two years. Um, has helped his longevity it's helped him stay healthy it's helped him play a whole season. so um, I think in a, a lot of ways, hopefully Pierre Thomas recognizes that that he he is better in a platoon system because he can last a sixteen game season. Um, but i 'll throw this out there. I mean, you know I know every Saints fan loves Pierre Thomas and he's definitely the back that can do everything. He can yeah. run in between the tackles he can catch, he can block. he does all the little things he's got good ball security. If you look at everything that Pierre Thomas does, his game really has no weakness, and that's why he's out there so much. Because Pierre Thomas can be put in any situation, in any play call, and Sean Payton trusts that he's gonna he's gonna do well. He may not break a 60-yard run, he may not have the explosive play, but he's always gonna do well. Um, so, so he's trusted. Um, but and I they think when he was injured, and they be- lean on him and they like to – I mean, he's been
2: injured. He's been, he was injured against San Francisco and he was injured this playoff. But they lean on him in big do. spots. I mean – They do. They, they – in 2011 – I mean in 2010 when they needed that win on Monday night in Atlanta, they leaned on him heavily. The playoff run in 2009, you want to talk about Porter. You want to talk about whoever. Pierre Thomas in the NFC Championship in the Super Bowl was as big as any of them.
3: I agree, but I'll throw this out there, Ralph, just to be on, and You know I love Pierre Thomas, and you know yeah. he's been with the team for so long. Fans love him and everything, but I'll throw this out there. When he was injured in the playoffs, it forced the Saints' hand yeah. to start trusting Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson yeah. with roles that maybe they didn't trust him with before. That mm-hmm. meant giving Robinson the ball more, and yeah, they were worried about the fumbles, but you know what? He didn't fumble, and he played really well. And same thing with with Mark Ingram. Yeah, he's going to drop a couple screen passes, but or he might cough up a ball like he did in the playoffs. He might miss a blitz pickup. But if he's in, it opens up things for your offense, because um, it's one of those things where they're starting to play the run more because Mark Ingram is such an in-between the tackles guy. And that's a strength that it actually opens up the passing game. Teams are are thinking, well, Mark Ingram's in the game. He's got to be running. They've got to be handing it off and it opens up the passing game down the field for the Saints. So um, I think having those guys in more often actually helps the offense. I think at times Sean Payton has trusted Pierre Thomas so much to a fault that it's almost maybe even hurt the offense.
2: Kevin, prediction. Can't believe
0: I forgot Kyrie Robinson.
2: (laughs) Kevin, prediction. Pierre Thomas, where is he
0: in 2014? (sighs) I'm going to take the – I'm gonna take the uncomfortable route here, and I'm gonna say he's not with the Saints. And I'm looking at a cap space chart right now, and I'm gonna throw and, and uh, I'm gonna say he's with the Indianapolis Colts. Wow! Wow! They have thirty-nine. They have thirty-nine. I mean, <clears throat> look, look. The Raiders. have That would 65, be a great fit for him. Exactly. The Raiders have sixty-five million in cap space. The Browns have sixty million in cap space. The Jaguars have fifty five million in cap space. All those teams are shit. And I don't know what their running back situation is, so who knows what the hell this platoon situation could be like. Number four on the list is the Colts. They've got thirty nine point nine cap space. You got him and you could get him and Trent Richardson. They've got a, they'll have another guy on there. I can't think of his name right now. But Pierre could sort of act like a mentor, come in for a Donald spell. Brown. Donald Brown was terrible
2: <clears throat> until he until they started going to the spread for the colts, and that's that's me being a fantasy geek.
0: Well then there you go. yeah
3: I mean so, Pierre Thomas sounds like the starter in that platoon system.
2: And here's the thing, like Kevin, what you said with the Cap room, the Colts have so much that you got to hit that floor- you know Andrews mentioned this a couple of times. you got to hit the floor. Like the the Raiders have, you know, 60 million in cap room and Cleveland's got 40 or 50. So as a team, you got to hit the floor every year so they can say to Pierre Thomas, hey, we'll give you one year, four and a half million. We got to hit the floor. So we'll give you a little bit extra. It's just for one year. But that might be double what the Saints, you know. So, I mean, because that because that's basically Andrew, isn't that what, what where Pierre Thomas at? he's basically going to be year to year.
3: Right? I think so. Yeah, I don't I don't at his age, I don't think teams are going to give him a 4 or 5 year contract. It's just I, not going to happen.
2: It wouldn't stun me. It wouldn't stun me if he got a little bit more than 3 million on the open market. I mean, just, like you say, it just takes it just takes one team.
3: Yep. You know? Yep, oh. and you know, and people need good backs that they can trust, veteran backs that, you know, look Pierre Thomas is healthy. <laughs> you know, he he's I mean, I, I know he ended the season with a chest injury, but um, for the most part, he's kept his legs in good shape. He's had no serious knee injuries um, and you know he had a good season so he's, he's kept his body in pretty good shape.
0: Uh, two, other, uh, two other teams that have really good cap space that I wanted to bring up okay. are one, <clears throat> the Vikings. they got like I think 34 million in cap space and he will not be asked to be the number one guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then two, uh, the Eagles. Uh, they've got uh, thirty-five and yeah. change in cap space, and I f- I'm pretty sure. I don't sure really
3: e- see. I don't really see him in the Eagles' offense fitting the way they play, though. I mean, McCoy is very much a scat back. They kind of and they
2: have. Um, they have what's his name Brown, I think.
3: His... Yeah, they like to get those guys in space. They but, don't like to run in between the tackles as much.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they could still use Pierre for screens. But I was thinking more yeah. Pierre, Pierre for the uh, <clears throat> to help with. Uh, blitz pickups or or blocking as a running back because, because the Eagles quarterbacks, I mean, don't they get knocked around a lot? A little bit. I
3: mean, well, they did before Vic got benched. I mean,
0: we, we,
2: we, we mentioned last week about the dolphins needing five new offensive linemen. So Streif could be a place. The dolphins need running backs too. I mean, and they've got, actually they've got good cap space there. I mean, they got, they've got Donald Thomas. Who's eh, they got, uh, Lamar Thomas. Who's eh. I mean, Pierre Thomas. I mean, I could I could see him being not like a not like the featured guy where he gets most of the carries, but I could see him getting more carries than he definitely gets with the Saints. And like you say they have yeah. capital. I mean, I, I would I'll be I'll be surprised if Pierre Thomas is with the Saints, but I also said it, remember after 2010, we were like um the Saints almost traded him to New England during the year. And he hurt his ankle and went on IR. I was like, he's done. He's not playing anymore for the Saints. And he ended up signing the four-year deal. So um, you never know. But I'm going to say – I'm going to be surprised if he's he's with the Saints. I just – I think that they – like you said, Andrew, the young guys stepped up and the Saints, I think they feel like if they don't get Pierre Thomas at the price they want, they'll be okay. And his cap space – his contract is just too tempting and easy to create more room at this point.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'd mean, i love to see him with the Saints, you know, but like all guys, I mean, like Drew Brees one day and, and a lot of other players, I mean, you saw four of them already with Vilma and, um, you know, Greer and those other guys. I mean, it, the, the time, the clock runs out on everybody. And um, right now the Saints need cap space. If, you, if you've been reading, you know that they're interested in re-signing Streif um I think that's going to cost maybe as much as 5 million a year, maybe more. Um and we know that Jimmy Graham is going to be upwards of 10 million a year and with the cap space e- even with the increase in the salary cap um it's still going to cost a lot to keep those two players um and then when you add on top of that free agents, draft picks, they've got to they've got to find some room. So, you know, that's a quick easy 3 million. So, the math adds up, you know, I I would say that um Pierre Thomas is on notice.
2: Kevin, we actually had a little bit of Jimmy Graham contract news today saying that the Saints and him are like about – I saw $2.5 million apart per year. Like the Saints want to pay him 10 He wants like 12 dollars uh, um, Any chance this gets done before they have to put the tag on him?
0: No. None. 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 Wow, we're uh, we're yeah. uh, doom and gloom tonight. Yeah, I mean it, <laughs> it,
2: it is just – I mean it is – that scenario that Florio laid out where the Saints tag him as a tight end, Graham wins the arbitration. So the Saints aren't allowed to switch the tag to the wide receiver, and then Jimmy Graham is an unrestricted free agent. Um, Andrew, let's play that out since we're being doom and gloom. Let's say Saints tag him as a tight end. The arbitrator says, no, he's a wide receiver. And, oh, by the way, Saints, you can't change the tag. He's unrestricted free agent now. If that happens, I say the odds of him being a Saint is like 5%. Uh,
3: Yeah, but I read today that that's actually not how it plays out. Apparently, it's not on the Saints to designate what they're franchising him as. Um, This this was on Pro Football Talk today. Apparently, Uh all they have to do is franchise him. At that point, it's up to the NFL committee to decide what, he um, is. what position he is. Yep. Oh, yeah. So it's not on the Saints. So once they tag him, I mean, he's tagged no matter what, um, and then they decide what position he is. So um, Anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to suck if he ends up being a receiver and it's going to cost a lot more money, but that might be an incentive for the Saints. Um, I, I mean, I, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, once they tag him, if he gets designated as a tight end, then the cards are in the Saints' hands in terms of negotiations. If Jimmy Graham wins that battle, that's a huge cap hit. And so then Mickey Loomis might be inclined to give him $12 million a year to cushion the blow in year one.
2: Uh, Kevin, we're going to have fun with trade value, super hypothetical in a minute, but let's say the Saints, they probably won't exclusive rights and they'll probably just franchise them, so it'll be two number ones. At what point, Does the package that a team would offer the Saints become too tempting for Mickey Loomis to pass up and let Jimmy Graham walk? Does it have to be two number ones, or what is the package where you say, "Okay, I'm okay with Jimmy Graham going to Cleveland or wherever"?
0: Is it it's two number ones in the same? the same draft if a team has it well, no, or is it back-to-back it would, years? It
2: would be back-to-back years. Like, like, And that, uh, and probably what it would be – would it probably wouldn't be two number ones. I mean I wouldn't think. It would probably be like Cleveland saying, hey, Saints, we're going to sign Jimmy Graham to this. Uh, we want you to trade him to us, and then we're going to sign him to an extension. We'll give you a one and a three or whatever. I don't think a team would just straight-up sign him for two number ones. Does it –
0: uh, the one and the three, are they in the same draft?
2: Yeah. It'd be this year. It'd be a one and a three. Like what what's the what's the what's the value of the trade where you, you said you might not like it, but you're like, well, oh, that's too good a deal to pass on.
0: Uh, I'd probably be inclined to say multiple picks. Uh and if and I almost feel like having more picks Is better than having higher picks. I don't know why. I just, it's just, I don't know. There's just something, just something in my head. Uh, So if somebody said, okay, we'll give you a two this year, a, you know, like, like a two, a four this year, and then the following year, we'll give you a two. You know, three. something like that. I could I could probably see that. Yeah. Like anything that gets more than two. More than two picks.
2: And yeah. And they have
0: to be like quality Just, picks, like top three rounds. You, yeah. 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 Top three rounds. Or or again, if it if it's okay, maybe if it's like, all right, we'll give you a one this year, a four, and then the following year a three, I could still see that.
3: Yeah. Yes.
2: Andrew, what's the trade value for Jimmy Graham where you're okay Sorry. with him?
3: There's no trade that I, I would find suitable. Um, I mean, I, personally, I just think Jimmy Graham's a once a decade type talent. Um, you know, he's arguably the best receiver in NFL, I mean, best tight end in NFL history receiving tight end. So, you know, you could put Antonio Gates and Rob Gronkowski um, in the mix with him, but I don't really think you can name another tight end besides those two um, that has had the kind of impact. That he's had. And if you look at his last three seasons um, and the numbers he's been able to put up, it's unprecedented. So um, I don't think you're going to find any, any draft pick, even in the first round, um, that's going to have the kind of impact on the field that Jimmy Graham's done yeah. in the last three years. So even, even a one and a three is not good enough for me.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I just think draft picks, there's something about them that makes people think really crazy, stupid things. Like they yeah. think – like they think, oh my god, think of all these draft picks we can get like uh, – you know, and, and, and even Kevin to a certain extent, he's like, I want more of them. Like you, you – because you, draft picks, they have this like endless possibility because you, you, you think if you get four picks in the first 80 over two years, my god, we'll hit on them all and we'll be awesome. Like that's what people think and I just think, no, just keep the, keep the best tight end in football.
3: That's yep. that's what you. Do. I mean, I mean, if you look at the first round this year, I would guess that of the thirty-two first-round picks in this year's draft, I'm going to estimate that maybe, maybe two of the thirty-two will end up being as good or better than Jimmy Graham in their career.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, like, now it's different sport, but like the Pelicans traded, uh, they traded the number one pick last year, no, and the number one pick next year for holiday and everybody's mm-hmm. like oh my god it's going to be a lottery pick it's going to be like a, a the the number 11 pick in the NBA draft and that's a horrible trade but like history tells you that like the number 11 pick in the NBA lottery is usually like uh Jarvis Jones who averages like 8 points a game like it's not right. like it's not that much of value but because it says first round pick on it Kevin they just cling to it and it's just these we just we we just Kevin we just love draft picks, don't we? We just want the Saints yeah. to have like eight draft picks in May because it makes the draft so awesome. Isn't that what it is? Like essentially, yeah.
0: Essentially, yeah. I mean, it it's I mean, hell, play, you know, anything playing, you know, playing video games or you know, playing the Madden and all that stuff. It's you always want you always want more draft picks. Yeah. I mean that's I mean just you know we're the video game generation so we've sort of been we've sort of come up and experienced getting more draft picks that's and that's it that's that's the that's the currency it's 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 the Bitcoin of the NFL
2: you know and and people are like well yeah. well
0: if we get a bunch of middle round picks. We're, They picked Hakeem
2: Kicks in the third round. They'll get four more guys just as good as him. That'll be awesome. They don't think, you know what? They're going to get four more Courtney Watsons.
3: Well, look, I mean, you look at Sean Payton's history. He's been with the Saints eight years now. The only draft pick he's ever had that I would say was better than Jimmy Graham is Jari Evans. I would say that he's had one, and that was a third or fourth rounder. But um, that's the one pick he's had in eight years of drafting. That I would say was more successful than the Jimmy Graham pick. Yeah. I mean, you could argue Cam Cameron Jordan's still just scratching the surface, and he's doing really well. But I don't put Cam Jordan in the same league as Jimmy Graham.
2: I think that's true. I mean, um, you know, speaking of trade value, I want to get into this and in this fun hypothetical. The, the 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 Browns, who Lord the fuck knows what they're doing, they just hire Bill Harrick and whatever, but apparently they tried to trade for Jim Harbaugh in like a super secret thing, and Harbaugh nixed it because his wife was probably like, you want me to go to Cleveland?
1: Are you <laughs> fucking out of your
2: mind? Um, and I, the, the rumor was it was like a, like a two and a three. Andrew, is there a package that a team could call up Mickey Loomis and say, Mickey, we want Sean Payton. And you can come create any package you want. What does that package have to be for Mickey Loomis to say, Oh, we'll think about that. We'll get back to you. To trade Sean Payton.
3: Yeah, again, I think he's kind of got Drew Bree's status in New Orleans. I don't think Jimmy Graham has that necessarily. Um, you know, with two firsts and, and you don't have to pay Graham the money he wants. Um I would think about that. I don't think anyone's no one's going to offer the Saints two first round picks and pay, pay Jimmy Graham. Don't that underestimate kind of money on top.
2: stupid. Don't underestimate yeah,
3: stupid. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But that that's probably the only thing I would consider um two first and you know uh, even then I I would think long and hard about it. So um I think the same I think higher for Peyton. If that's what I'm if that's the only thing I'm willing to take really for Graham um, I think the value of Payton's higher. So, John Gruden um, got
2: two number ones, two number twos, and eight million, and he didn't even win a Super Bowl.
3: I, that's what that's they about. What I'm well, talking. but he
2: didn't win not uh, not before they traded him. Like he hadn't. Won, oh, oh, he yeah, yeah. Won a Super Bowl when Tampa got him.
3: Right. Yeah, I, I would say two ones and two twos sounds about right for Sean Payton. I would.
2: Say, I, I would go higher. I would go higher after 2012, <laughs> Andrew.
3: True. I true. Say,
2: I would say the bidding would start at.
3: Three first-round picks. At, four.
2: I would say four. I would, no, four. I would say f- it would it would be four number one picks, and it would almost be the only thing that would change it would be like if you said, okay, we're gonna give you three number like if Cleveland called up and they're like, okay, I want three number one picks and I want Joe Thomas. Yeah. Like like it I has like to that. be so amazing that. When they make the you're set. Like, that that any people old
3: people like schmo people. idiot coach could come in yeah. And, and yeah, take like, over the like, reins and, and, and even be successful. then
2: I would say no. The only reason I would do it is I would be okay with it is if Sean Payton wanted to leave. Like that's why you'd yeah. have to you'd have to be okay with it, but it would have to be ridiculous. And Kevin, I think we even as Saints fans ramp it up a notch of ridiculousness for what we'd want for Sean Payton because of two thousand twelve. Like we've seen it, like when he's not around.
0: Yeah, well, and and well, so's the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean, so's the rest of the league. I mean, the rest of the league has to know, uh, and the the rest of the look, the rest of the league has to understand what what, what Sean Payton brings to the table. They have to, and if they don't, well then they, then they wouldn't make the offer, and then that's their loss. But you're gonna you'd have, you'd end up getting some desperate teams. Like the Browns, like the Jaguars, Miami. Man, I just, I just hope Jerry Jones isn't listening to this podcast. <laughs> actually, actually he, he's, he's just putting about his to offer together up. right now. I was yeah. just about to bring that up. What if it was the Cowboys making the offer? Ooh. Would you be okay with him jumping, with Ooh. him flying to Dallas and and being the coach there?
2: No, but, but like, here's the thing, though. Like, if you, if you it, like, once it's done, like he want, like, like, for me. Like, that's a – it's a bad situation for Harbaugh because once you know that – like, once everybody knows that you considered going, like, I don't know how you take that back, you know? Yeah. And and it seems bad, so, like, I I mean, I'd be pissed off about it, Andrew, but I think, like, if you got a floor me offer – I think I'd be okay with it, especially with the Cowboys now. Like, I think the Cowboys are about to collapse because Tony Romo's back is about to go. So, like, f- p- four number one picks starting in 14, 15, 16, and 17 from the Cowboys, like, that's really tempting because I think there's going to be a lot of top 10 picks in there.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> well, you would think with Sean Payton, it probably wouldn't be, but. I mean that, that's why the Cowboys would make that move. Yeah. They Assume they wouldn't need first round picks because they'd be winning. But uh, I I'd be tempted for sure. It'd be tempted.
2: And like I said, Kevin's right. We just like we're obsessed with draft picks, and we know like what the Saints are without Sean Payton, and we're still like four number ones. Fuck. <laughs> well,
0: I, well, well, here's the thing. It's because it's because we still have in semi recent history. Well, I don't know. Not not fully semi recent. We still remember the Ricky Williams draft, and then and then we remember this past year. I mean, they lost a draft pick, and then the year before they I think had a draft pick taken, and then and then you go back to the Thomas Worstead draft when they only had four picks. Yeah. So it's just man stockpile. I mean, shit. If you could give a team, if you could give a a, a good team, ten draft picks. Or 11 draft picks. Jesus, I mean... Yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at what
3: Seattle and San Francisco and New England have been able to do, how they've made their team successful. It's because they haven't picked high, but man, they've had 10, 12 picks in each draft. And
2: and the Saints, they they, they went sort of like in a cold stretch, Andrew, where they weren't drafting too good. But like 2012 and 2013, they kind of have been like the hot guy at the crafts table, pretty much. Yeah,
3: yeah. Absolutely. I mean it may, it gives me a lot of room for optimism with how they're going to pick this year.
2: Uh All right, since we're talking trades, uh, apparently uh there's a possibility of me being traded to the Falcoholic podcast. So Kevin, <laughs> what is my trade value and um and are you okay with me going to the Falcoholic podcast?
0: Well, I mean, it depends on who we're getting in return or what we're getting in return. Um I forgot to, you know, I didn't consider the uh, the whole can't get a tire, can't get the spare yeah, that's, a tire. That's, so that's, that's, that's
2: my, that's, physical, you know, that's my the, physical grade at the combine. Not very I'm, low. I'm, 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 the cone drill. I'm still trying to finish it.
0: Yeah, well, and, and the vertical it's leap vertical. is pretty bad, but 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 it's okay because Dave thinks the combine's useless. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, I don't know. May, maybe the. Uh, I mean, left-handed forearm strength, though, it's got to be pretty impressive. No. Uh, right-handed typing strength, that's got to yeah, be pretty impressive. I'm pretty,
2: I'm pretty adroit with like the, – if they had a one-handed catch drill at the combine, I would tear that shit up.
0: Well, I mean your uh, your communication skills are pretty impeccable. You did use the word adroit. But I, drink, uh, but I drink a lot during the year,
2: as Andrew and you can attest. So, Andrew, I drink a lot during the post-game show.
3: Day of game.
2: So does that? Like, oh yeah, that your your, your liver your liver has no
3: value. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: yeah, that is true. Uh, I don't know. So, so I mean, what what are we thinking of? Uh, f- uh f- some boxes of wine. Uh, maybe a, box a of fun. Yeah, a copy of uh, Step Brothers on a uh, DVD. On, on a oh, I no, It's got to be at least Blu-ray. Oh, oh, well, oh, I, I was um,
3: thinking VHS,
0: Um, <laughs> I would say a, a subscription to Netflix, but the lowest tier yeah. <laughs> and, and, and look, if somebody wants to sweeten the deal with me to, to get me to sign off on it, if they could just include a subscription to the WWE network, that would also be appreciative.
2: Andrew, do you have anything specific that you want that could seal the deal? I mean,
3: I, I I just don't think with those kind of demands we're ever going to get a trade. No, so you're not. I just I don't see that happening. No. Um, no, no I, I I would I would like to. My my only demand really would be like a half drink, uh, a beat of beer. Um, I I would I would trade you for a half drink, a beat of beer because that would be evidence that local beer. Was coursing through the veins of an Atlanta Falcon fan. Yeah. Um, so I, that 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 would be enough for me. That that they had to drink one of our beers, um, but they they weren't allowed to finish it. Um, I I think that would be enough for me you know, so, to trade you. So my trade value is you,
2: somewhere between a half drank a, a beer and the Netflix
3: subscription. Well, they have to take the year. mini too. You have to take the mini with you. You have to. It's you, a, my wife said, leave that. no.
2: It's a bag of Skittles, opened or unopened. Opened.
3: <laughs>
2: Open. Only the yellow ones. In my Only the yellow ones. Um, all but right. you
3: got to take the mini with you. That's a deal breaker. Yeah, it's a deal
2: breaker. <laughs> all right. We, Dave couldn't join us tonight, so we, Dave and Andrew were going to argue about the combine. Dave thinks the combine is useless. Um, Andrew, I don't think the combine is useless, but my god, they overhyped this thing today death.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, there's no doubt they overhype it. And I don't even think it trumps, you know, other evidence you have, you know, in other words, the tape, um, interviews, there's a lot of other stuff that I think is more valuable than, uh, 40 times how much they bench press. Um, but I think there's, but, but look, here's the bottom line. When you're going to spend millions of dollars on players and you're, you're, and you're in a business where, you win or you lose your job. It, it, it's that simple. Um, you better believe if I'm a GM, I'm turning over every goddamn stone I can um, to educate myself yeah. as much as possible. So um, if, if I get to know how strong a guy is, how fast a guy is, you goddamn right I'm going to want to know that stuff. So, um, so that's part of it. I think also when you look at this stuff, I mean, you think about, let's say, the guy's a really poor route runner. You know, and, and you look at the tape and he's a terrible route runner. Um, and that, that's kind of his knock, and that's maybe why he's a six round pick project. Um, but then you know, he shows up at the combine and you know how they have a lot of those drills, and he looks really smooth coming out of his breaks. Um, you know he's had the last month to prepare for the combine. You know he knows what his weaknesses are, and you see the amount of work that he's put into it. And then at the combine, he impresses you because wow, all this stuff that I saw on tape, it looks like he's fixed a lot of it. Um, then that those are other clues. That tells you the guy's a hard worker. It tells you that the guy um, knows his weaknesses and works on them. So um, there's lots of little subtle things like that. And look, when you're making snap judgments, you know, you got five minutes on the clock once a guy's picked. You've got a board. You've got to make a snap judgment. Do we take the running back or do we take the corner? We kind of like, you know, we have them graded about equally that um, you have to make a decision. There's got to be a trump card in there. You know, hey, this guy interviewed really well, so I'm kind of leaning this way or hey, this other guy, we could use more speed on the team and his 40 times out of this world. So, um, you know, you're not basing everything off what a guy bench presses, what a shuttle cone time is. But when you're when you're trying to make snap, snap judgments and you need all the information and you need a trump card um that those are the types of things that can uh sway you in one direction or another
2: the the funny thing kevin about the combine was all year they're like javine Clowney, he's loafing it he's terrible he's he's a he's has bad character issues he drives 120 miles an hour he took the year off and then he runs like a four four and they're like holy shit all of the
3: like the, first overall. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, um. But Kevin, is there anything in the combine that you that like you look at and is and if a player does it does or does not do it, even though you, maybe in your mind you know that it you shouldn't downgrade him for it when it happens, you're like, oh that guy, he didn't do that. I don't, I don't know if I like him as much. Uh,
0: I I I don't know. I I kind of just look at. This is gonna make. I, I guess I probably I kind of lean more in Dave's side of the camp here. Um you just look at I think I I think that there's so much hype around fractions and yeah. And yeah. you know inches and millimeters and shit like that. Like a, guy it is a game is of it... inches. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you Al Pacino. Um <laughs> it's we're going for that end. You, get, you, get, you, you look at the, uh, the long jump Ooh-ha. that they do. You look at the, the, the leap that they're doing. You're looking at their 40 time, but again, this is without pads, they get to psych, they get to, you know get themselves psyched before they do the long jump. They get themselves psyched before they do that, <laughs> that, 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 that reaching jump. They're not wearing any pads. Exactly, they're not wearing any pads. They've got nobody chasing after them. Nobody, Three-pound you know, drill. <laughs> going <laughs> at them on, on it, coming at them uh, from either side to try and tackle them. They've got none of that. So you've got sort of these ideal conditions. But even then, how, how, what, what, what the hell difference does it make if Judah and Clowney can run forty yards? In four point, well, what what did it? What was it? it was a four point six? Four? No, it was four. It was
2: four four eight. At two hundred and sixty. Oh, okay, at two hundred and sixty yep. pounds. Okay, that's a, but that's again, it's
0: freakazoid. Oh yeah, of course it is. But but here's the difference: what four four eight versus four five five? No, it's no different. I mean, but and 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 but still, we're talking forty yards. Yeah. Forty yards. Can he get? from the line to the quarterback, and, and, and what is that, 10 yards? Yeah. If yeah, that, that's less than 10 yards, that's seven yards. I, I, Can he shove the guy in front of him out of the way and get the seven yards to the quarterback before the pissant throws the ball? Yeah, I mean— Probably. He'd probably do that better than better that, than most guys.
2: That's an interesting thing that actually Pat Kerwin of the, of the Cirrus NFL— radio he had a, he has a he has a formula that he uses where he takes like the 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 bench press and and a bunch of the drills and he scores He's a bad it scientist. and 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 basically what it is is his theory is that' as a as a defensive end you have to turn your speed into power when you when the other guy tries to block you and his formula comes up with it and his formula if you're above seventy that means you're awesome and I think the only guy that he missed on, I can't remember it. It was that, it was a uh, that that guy with the Giants weird name, Kawiki. Some I, uh,
3: I can't. Um, I can't Mateus, remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. He I was the only
2: know. one that like when he listed the ones that he had over seventy, that you were like, oh, that guy's a boss. Like the rest of them were like eight to twelve to either elite guys. Well,
3: the one last thing I'll throw out there that the Combine's useful for, I mean, you talk about upper body strength and, and, and bench press and all that. I mean, I think if you look in, in the course of, of, you know, the Saints' history of drafting, the guys they've gotten, um, guys like Charles Brown, Zach Streif, John Stinchcomb, German Bushrod, all guys that weren't strong enough when they came to the NFL and they weren't ready to play. Um, and, the, and the few times they did early in their career Um, It was a disaster. I mean, I don't know if you remember Bushrod when he first got in or Stinchcomb when he played a little bit. I mean, they really struggled. Um, But they got strong enough. They developed. They spent time in the weight room, and um, they were able to get stronger. And I think the combine tells you, like, some of these guys are not ready to play because they just don't have the upper body strength yet. They just need more time in the weight room. They have the the potential. They have the technique. They've got all that stuff. They just need to get stronger. And then you look at guys like Carl Nix who tore it up at the combine um, and, and you think, you know, in terms of strength, you're like, okay, well this guy needs work on his technique, but he's ready in year one because he's so strong. We know, we know we can plug him in year one and he's not going to get pushed around. So, um, little things like that, I think too, can tell you. If a guy's ready right away or if he needs time to develop. And
2: and Bill Parcells always said, you know, if you take a guy that's an exception to the rule, like a short quarterback or he doesn't have this measurable, he doesn't have that measurable. If you do it consistently, then you have a team of exceptions. And to me, like a guy like Jarvis Landry, he didn't run well. And I know he hurt his hamstring and so he'll probably run again in his pro day. But to me, if he runs like a 4.5 or a 4.6, even though I loved him at LSU, Andrew, he's smaller – if he's small and he can't run fast, that means to me he's probably like he's not going to be an elite receiver. He might be like a Lance Moore type guy, which isn't bad. Lance Moore's been really good for the Saints, but you don't pick Lance Moore in the 1st or the 2nd round. You know, so like mm-hmm. to me like you want a guy that's big, strong, smart, and fast. And if he's missing one of those things, you can be like, well, Drew Brees is a little short, but he's got a good enough arm, and he's he's a freak athlete as far as mobility in the pocket, so we'll overlook the height." But if he if a guy's missing like two things, and you're like, "He's dumb, any small, or he's you know slow, any small," like that's a, like to me, Kevin, that's a bad sign. Like if if he's if if like if he's mi- if he's missing more than like one of the measurables that you need to be an NFL player, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Great. I, I I yeah. I've I've got nothing to add to that.
0: That that all makes
2: sense. <laughs> I, I, you know, but but the the thing is, the NFL Network they got they got twenty four hours of time to fill. So I mean, they just go. Yeah, it's like that. it's like
3: the top ten list for the blog, man. You got to stretch it out. <laughs> stretch it out. It's a long offseason. <laughs> my
2: wife on the other day was like, "Why the fuck are you watching?" I was watching it Sunday morning. I'm like, "I want to watch Sammy Watkins run the 40. She's like, "Oh my god." Um.
3: So who's, who's faster in the 40, you behind your mini or Sammy Watkins?
2: Probably Sammy Watkins, but, but my cruising speed is probably better. Like once I get (laughs) to top end, but I don't get the top end until like 30 yards. He probably gets top end faster. Um, Kevin, let's continue the off season breakdown. Michael
3: Sam gets the top end.
2: Michael Sam.
3: Ooh. Michael
2: Sam had the best combine of any gay football player in the history of the world.
3: I heard it. I mean, I didn't watch him specifically, but I heard he actually kind of struggled.
2: He does not, because he's not because he 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 can't he well, if you look at his tape apparently like he can't play in space and mm. he wasn't as strong as they thought. So like the 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 agility drills he sucked and like I mean, he's like a he's like a he's like a, he's like a Martez Wilson. Like he might. Be, so
3: is he is he dropping to a sixth round pick now?
2: I, I think he's gonna be a sixth- or seventh round pick. I do.
3: Hmm. I just
2: I, I mean he had if you take away two of his games, he's got like five sacks. You know, and that's not, a, not necessarily a knock because he had a great game. You know, against Florida, but he has one he has one thing that's gonna keep him in the NFL. Can he rush the quarterback? And
3: yep. it's not a deck. or special teams. Special teams. Well, can yeah, keep that could something
2: off. else. He could. He could. He seems like a guy that would be willing to play special teams. So I actually think he's probably going to make it. I think he's going to be like a Martez Wilson. If Martez Wilson would have been functional on special teams, the Saints would have kept him, and he might have been a guy in certain spots where you could play him, and he'll get you three to five sacks, and he'll play all four of your special teams. As a guy you need on your roster, you know. Yep. Um, so that's why I think Michael Sam is. But but I think it's going to be a big to do, Andrew, when he when they're like we're in round six and he ain't been picked yet,
3: you know. Yeah, I All
2: agree. Right. Kevin off season positions we keep on going. Uh, this week it's wide receiver. Um, I am firmly in the in the great. Uh, Wang from Moose Denied, his column of Kenny, Kenny Stills is the shit. He's a young Joe Horn, and he's there's only there's only two receivers that have had better rookie seasons than him uh, in Saints history. It's Marcus Colston and it's Danny O'Brienworth. That's it. So I think Kenny Stills is going to bust out and be really freaking good in 2014. Um, but that said, I still think the Saints need to add another receiver, either through free agency or through the draft, how are you with the
0: receivers going into next year? They need to the draft a wide receiver. How, first, first three rounds? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So, so if you... If expert analysis. Expert analysis. So, Andrew, do you agree with that? Or, or, or Are you fine if they just bring everybody back and don't really do anything?
3: No, I don't, I really like the, uh, crop of free agent receivers this year. I don't think the class is very strong. And I think the draft class is ex- exceedingly strong. I mean, I think the the guys that are available in the draft are, you know, you're going to be able to get a guy in the second, third round, maybe even the fourth round that they could potentially be an impact player. So, um, no, they're I'm, I'm with Kevin. They have to pick a guy. They have to, um, and, uh, Preferably early. Do you have a? Do you have a? Kevin, do you, not
2: in, we we know specific players, but do you have a preference of like? Do you want like if they drafters? Do you want a possession guy? Do you want a burner? Do you want? What, what's the sort of guy that if they, not a name but like a guy that you're like, oh that's who I wanted. He's six three and he he he's not polished, but God he runs a four three. He's he's the guy they need. We need a deep threat or we do we need a possession guy. What kind of receiver do you want him to pick?
0: Well. Uh, Ken, isn't Kenny Stills supposed to be a burner? Yes. Or, yeah. And Joe Morgan, well, Joe Morgan's kind of a burner.
3: So when yes. he's sober, yes.
0: <laughs> so uh, when so, he's sober
3: and has a working knee,
0: yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, drive a field. Yeah, I'm. I'm willing to. Uh, I'm willing to say not a burner this time out. I think just good route runner, solid hands. Let's. You know, let's let's bring one of those guys in. So,
3: uh, Lance Moore.
2: I'm I'm hoping Jarvis Landry runs another shitty forty time, and tumbles, and the Saints get him in the second or third round.
3: Oh, he's not going in the first after that combine. No, N- no way. He might he might
2: be a guy that plummets, and I could see he, like
3: yeah, like I mean, he, I would say his his the highest he's getting picked right now is low second round.
2: Yeah, and the thing is with the Saints, Andrew, we know like. We, they're kind of their draft history. You can look at them and say they don't pick a linebacker in the first round under Mickey Loomis. But the other thing they do is they will identify a player that they like and go and get him. I think more so than other teams. I mean, Morstead and, and Jonathan Sullivan and, and Brown and um, Jenkins last year. I mean, like, they
3: – Al not, Woods, Morstead, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're not afraid to go – and move to get a player. So, I mean...
3: I, John Jenkins.
2: Yeah. Um, so, if if you had... Where do you think, in the war room, where do you think wide receiver is on their... on their sort of needs list? And would that be a move that would, would surprise you on draft day if they moved up in one of the early rounds to get a receiver?
3: No, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the thing is, I don't know that I'd want to trade up because there's so much talent. Yeah. Um, You know, so in other words, like if you lose a guy, it's not that big of a deal because you've got so many, so much talent. Um, It's not like maybe some other positions where if you lose De La Puente, probably got two or three centers that you feel like could start right away. so if, you know, if the first two get picked early, then maybe you need to trade up and get the third one or whatever. But, Um, at receiver I feel like you can kind of let the dominoes uh, let the draft come to you a little bit so but look I mean Brandon Cooks is is he's a little squirt guy I I disagree a little bit with Kevin on the burner I think they absolutely Joe Morgan we never know if he's going to be the same Um, Kenny Stills I think is the heir apparent to Lance Moore Um, so I I think they still need that one guy that can really stretch the field so um, Brandon Cooks I mean he is he's small but Um, Man, he is explosive. It'd be fun to have like a version 2.0 of Darren Sproles on the team. And I think he would be that. Um, So that's a guy. I mean, you look at um, the guy from Penn State um, who's very fast, very good. Um, And, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, he may go way too early, but you never know. I mean, he's an explosive guy. They had a big, tall uh,
2: white dude that looked like a that looked like a a, a skin. I saw that. He ran like
3: a four three. He ran like a
2: four three, but he he looked kind of like a skinhead.
3: Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you know, look, if if the Saints can get Jarvis Landry in the fourth or fifth round, where it's like tr- tremendous value, I would have no problem with that too.
2: Yeah, uh, I think they're gonna pick a, I think they're gonna pick a receiver. I think they're gonna pick a receiver high, just because they know that like they like Robert Meacham and Lance Moore and all that sort of thing. But like they got they gotta start to turn that thing over. You know those guys are just getting old, and and I
3: think yeah, I mean their young guys are Morgan and Nick Toon, and, yeah, and those think, guys haven't really and panned I, out.
2: I don't think I think the Saints. I mean it seems to me, Kevin, that the analysis would be God, we got to get younger. There's really let's not let's not pick uh, let's not uh, sign a Jacoby Jones. Let's let's draft a guy, and hopefully we can get a, we can we can get an you know even if they get another guy that's like Kenny Stills. And they they get Kenny Stills production out of him. Well, then all of a sudden you're 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 really starting to churn over your receiving core. So to me, it seems like receiver, it, it's better to get younger than sign a, a a veteran guy as a patch. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, what? Who was the last? I mean, the the. You know, you you say sign a veteran guy as a patch. My mind immediately went to uh, uh, David Patton. Yeah. And, yep. You know, he was serviceable. Did his job. Jacoby Jones could be that guy, maybe. Ah, uh,
2: I, I. He could help on special teams too. Like, I mean, it's like, but said it's, it's like you're like, eh.
0: It's like it's yeah. not,
2: it's not thrilling.
0: Right. I, I mean, I just go young. Get 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 a young guy. I'd rather you get a young guy because again, Some Robert young <laughs> yeah. Uh Lance Moore might not be back. Uh Robert Meacham probably not back. Uh Marcus Colston, he's in his final he's he's got to be uh on the downside of his career I mean, and I'm not saying that like oh he's going to suck, but
2: I think you probably have one more Marcus Colston type year where he's really good maybe and then you probably have two more of He's like a seven, eight hundred yard guy. Like I, I think his, I think his downward, I think his downward trajectory has begun.
3: I hate to break it to you, but I think he's already a seven, eight hundred yard guy.
2: Well, he, this year he was almost a thousand, right?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think he, this year he might not be.
2: Okay, now we have Twitter questions, and they're gonna be fun. Uh, Kevin, this one's for you. What would you prefer? And this is from Jay Green. What would you prefer? Graham signs with the Falcons or Sarah Palin is elected president.
0: Oh, for. Come on, dude. Really? (laughs) Really? (sighs) Eat a fucking bullet. (laughs) Is is, is that option C? Because option C sounds pretty tempting. Um, Yeah, that's not a world I want to live in. No. (laughs) No. Jesus Christ.
2: You betcha. And as I can say this, total off topic as as a financial conservative, Texas is so conservative now. I'm going to recap every political ad that's ever been on Texas this whole year. Barack Obama wants to kill your baby. I'm voting. I'm running for dog catcher. Vote for me. Like they don't even have any even Democrats are like fuck Obama. Like that's how conservative and red Texas is. But off topic anyway.
0: Um, Thank you. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Texas, wonderful state. It is. Um uh, God. Um
3: uh, I, think, I think you've stumped the Schwab, whoever asked that yeah, question. Yeah, Jay Green.
0: I would. okay. Uh how long of a contract is Jimmy Graham getting with the Falcons? It's
2: five years sixty million. Like it's twelve million a year. Like, five years sixty million.
0: Oh god. Could she destroy America in four years? No. Um
2: Now even if you're like even if you're like
0: Checks
3: and balances, baby.
2: There's a thing, like like, like Michael like. Obama won in 2008 and then two years later, everybody was like, ah, you got to slow down there, buddy. And they just elect the Republican House and it just grinds to a hole. Like, I could see the same thing with Palin. So it wouldn't be that bad. Like, it like it wouldn't be that bad. But, like, you got five years of, like, watching Jimmy Graham score a lot of times. It's a hard call. It's a hard call. Oh, <laughs> man. Make the call help.
0: Oh, man. Uh... I guess I'd rather see Jimmy Graham go to the Falcons. Oh!
3: No. No, come on. Here's the thing. Ugh. Here's the thing
2: is Jimmy Graham healthy the entire 5 years.
3: I don't care. I don't Kevin wasn't what Bobby Abreu and Morton Anderson did to us enough. Yeah. I, mean, I know old. I know I know you're old enough to remember that stuff. Yeah, oh, I am. Jesus. I know the scars are still there. Morton Anderson is yeah. the leading I, scorer for both teams. Ugh. Take it back, Ralph. I mean, Kevin. <laughs> take it back.
2: I'm going to have to say
0: – I'll take it back.
2: I'm going to have take, to say – like,
0: I'll take it back. I, I guess I'd uh, – hail, hail to the chief. No one person
2: can destroy America. We're not fucking Venezuela.
0: You know, I mean
2: – <laughs> if we're gonna, like if Payton becomes president like there ain't gonna be like those shelves at Walmart are gonna be empty and there's gonna be like burning cars in the street like it'll be okay like it like it's never like just because we have the internet now all all the people that talk about politics they're all connected and they just talk about it endlessly every day like it's not like it doesn't like it's nothing the world
3: doesn't end like even if person, I know the world i know i just if Jimmy Graham goes to the Falcons, the world ends. <laughs>
0: I know. I, I know the world doesn't. I, it's just, and, and, and what you're saying is right. And I remember this question came up. You asked me one of these fucking questions uh, during the 2012 election. Something uh, about Romney getting elected,
2: or yeah, and, like who would you want if you, you could have the you could have the Saints win two Super Bowls, or you could pick who wins the presidential election,
0: right? And 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 I remember saying something to this effect: was it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, who who wins because yeah, the, you know the world's not going to end, and all all you're voting for is who do you think is going to do the least amount of well, damage. Here's, here's the thing, though: like people that are really liberal think
2: that say Sarah, Sarah Palin is cuckoo birds, and people that are really conservative, financial like me, we look at Joe Biden and we'd be like, oh my god, if Joe Biden is president, like he might be hitting on. Uh, female prime ministers. He might be firing missiles at Mexico for fun. Like, you don't know what the fuck Joe Biden would do. <laughs> and the same thing with Palin. Like, you look at it like, she's cuckoo Like, that could go off the rest. But if you're like, if it's Hillary Clinton or it's, you know, Paul Ryan, eh, it'll be fine. Whatever. But, like, there's certain candidates that, like, freak out people on the political spectrum. And that's that's Palin. She's one of those. But uh, I'm going to say, like, I just – I'd hate to root against Jimmy Graham like that would drive me, Andrew. That would drive me batty. Like I, I, I like him. So he's just a fun. Play. He's running over people. Like he's a fun freaking Saints player to watch.
3: Yeah, I mean he. I mean if it was any other NFL team, I would, I would pick. Yeah. Jimmy Graham going to them, but if it's the Falcons, then I pick Palin.
2: Okay, here's another one. Uh, let me see this. Uh, okay, how many first round picks, Andrew? Would you trade for Harbaugh if you got to choose his job, and what is the job? And the favorite movie for Harold Ramis, which we'll get to in a second, is
3: Groundhog Day. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it doesn't have to be a job in the NFL? No,
2: it can be any job. Like, you can.
3: Okay. Um, how about, can I pick Jerry Sandusky's cellmate? <laughs> Is that a job or not I, really?
2: I would trade. I would trade three first-round picks for Jim Harbaugh, and I would make him clean the cat boxes in my house.
0: <laughs> I, I would. I would pick. You drive a mini and you have cats.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. I would pick the janitor to Jerry Sandusky's cell, um, and I would give up. Um, yeah, I would give up two first-round picks for that.
0: Kevin. Uh let's see.
2: The question was why the Angry Ocho, by the way. Thanks, oh. Thanks Angry Ocho. i would give up i
0: would give up a – I'd give up a, uh, a fourth-round pick just to have him come clean my house once a week.
2: <laughs> See, but I'd like to – like the, a, a former NFL coach having to clean a cat box is more humiliating, and I hate Jim Harbaugh, so you had it. But like, having to clean your bathroom is probably just disgusting.
0: Uh, I mean it's not, it's not too, too bad, but basically – like he'd be cleaning the house and I would follow him from room to room, yeah. Just watching him. I wouldn't even say anything. I would just watch him.
2: <laughs> That's kind of creepy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, and, and and then I mean basically I would be the exact opposite like of him. He's he's probably yelling at people, you know, screaming, flipping out, and I'm just watching him. Like I'm try and I'm not even I'm trying to stay poker face the whole time. Like just him ask just he does stuff. He's trying to like scrub uh scrub my bathtub, and I'm just standing there just watching him arms folded <laughs> i've got I've got my windbreaker zipped up my hat down he can barely see my eyes
2: <laughs> The pelicans are getting killed my wife says All
0: right. andrew, this is
2: actually a, a a serious football question which is rare for our listeners uh who would be your fantasy free agent signing for the saints uh this year and go- and Ghostbusters is his fi- favorite Harold ramus movie thanks alfredo fantasy um, like fantasy and it can be it can could be be complete fantasy or it can be realistic of who you would want the saints to sign in free agency
3: well i mean the best free agents greg hardy but my my pick would be brent grimes just because oh
2: my god um, I, I've,
3: I've seen him play for so many oh. years I, he, he's older now but um he was amazing even last year with the, or this past year with the dolphins and i've just seen him play the saints twice a year for so long and um, that guy's just a playmaker. He, he, he jumps on the ball. He, he is a prototype baller of a corner, and to have him on the other side of Keenan Lewis you, would just be tasty. You know, tasty. he might be a guy.
2: Before Kevin, I'll let you answer this question. He might be a guy, Andrew. Remember this past year, Paul Kruger? He ended up going to Cleveland, and they asked him, it "Was like who were the no other relation teams?" Relation to Freddie. <laughs> exactly. That would have been fun uh, costume for crazy New Orleans fans, though. They got him, but. They asked him, they're like, what other team was really going hard after you? And he was like, oh, the Saints. And we were like, what? Cleveland gave him $40 million over five. What? what the, how did Mickey Loomis come up with that? Like, Brett Grimes could be a guy where the Saints, like, Mickey Loomis white work the, ma- the cat magic. And he could be a guy, like, if his contract, because he's old, if it's not completely fucking insane, like, it's, it's like the 15% chance.
3: I mean he's my fantasy for sure.
2: And, uh Kevin, you're the guy that you would want the Saints to sign.
0: Well, since you since you didn't since you didn't put uh any uh any restrictions like, you know, current player. <laughs> oh yeah. I I want Jesus Christ Jim to play Brown. tackle. I want Jim Brown.
3: There
0: <laughs> well, you go. I want to convert uh, Marcus Colston's uh, Hyperbaric Chamber into a time machine, go back in time, get Jim Brown, and (laughs) put him on the Saints.
2: Somebody that doesn't involve time travel?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to defer to Andrew on that one. Again, hard-hitting analysis and just go with Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes.
3: Uh,
2: I'm going to go with –
3: if you say Julian Edelman I swear to god.
2: No, I'm going to say <laughs> this is a little bit this is a little bit convoluted, but I'm going to say my fantasy would be Dallas cuts DeMarcus Ware and he takes a one-year deal to reunite with Rob Ryan. Hmm. that would be my fantasy. Interesting.
3: A guy. That's I mean. that's not out of the realm of possibility, is it?
2: No, I mean if 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 he if if Dallas would cut him, he's been banged up the last couple of years. I could see him saying, "You know what?" I'm gonna take a one-year deal with the Saints because I want to win.
3: No, I and, mean there's chatter that the Cowboys might cut on Yeah, though, right.
2: You know, I okay. think I think well the the Cowboys cap is a fucking it's a disa- It's a fucking disaster. Like it's yeah. it's like I, I mean whoever does their cap, I don't know if Jerry Jones does the cap or his son or whatever, but that person needs to be fired because they have it's just a fucking like I read about it. And I was like it's like. They need to go on overthecap.com and, like, take a course on, like, how to do it um, because it's a mess. Um, let's see if we have one more question. Um, no, I think that's, that's all the questions we have. All right, look. Uh, okay. It, one, one more. Moby. This is from Moby. Andrew, uh, am I a real Saints fan if Sean Payton's puckered face and Jimmy Graham's first down annex
3: irk me? <laughs> are you a saints fan if they irk you um yeah i i i, I think uh I, I think you're not i think you, the, the, you can't allow those things to irk you you know i mean on some level that sh- there was stuff shockey did that annoyed me so i judge you but um it, it's funny um when I kind of complained about right before the Seattle playoff game, I, I picked up a lot of Seahawks followers and um, there was a Seahawks blog that was retweeting a lot of my posts and our tweets, I should say. And um, you know, I said some negative stuff about Pete Carroll and um, truther. all these, yeah, truther. And then all these Seahawks fans out of the woodwork just came and were blasting me about Sean Payton and, it made me realize it's like I guess I've just been blind all these years or naive into thinking like, oh, Sean Payton's awesome. Like, how, how could you not love him? Um, but he actually has a pretty big disdain across the league. Um, and same goes with Jimmy Graham. I mean, I, I was reading an article the other day about Jimmy Graham, and uh, I was reading the comment section, um, and so much of it was, was uh, you know, other fans of teams, particularly Seahawks fans, bashing him i about that pregame pushing thing. So um, those two guys are, are kind of hated by at least the Seahawks fans and possibly some others out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it made me realize that um, those guys, uh, you know, I, I kind of I, I guess I turn a blind eye or I, I've never really noticed it before. And I, I don't really see how anyone could hate them. But apparently people do. So uh, you're not alone, Kevin,
2: are you a real are you a true Saints fan if those things irk you?
0: Uh You should feel a little guilt. Yeah, uh yeah. Yeah, you should you, you should feel guilty, but uh you can still yeah, you're still a Saints fan. I mean when going ape I,
2: shit after a fifteen yard game is kinda like I'm like, really? Yeah, really you know? It just doesn't like I'm like I'm not like i am like not like i an old guy, like, don't do that in the film. It's like do you really like he caught it, it was a twelve yard pass, Jimmy. Come on.
3: Here's the thing. You remember Junior Gallette's sack on Cam Newton when yeah. he did the Superman stomp? Every Saints fan was like, oh, my God, that's the most awesome <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Every Panthers fan was thinking, oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, that is so, true. But it was, so, awesome uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. So, uh, yeah, no, I think on some level you have to have some kind of blind faith and loyalty towards your guys. Um, but like I said, Jimmy uh Shockey always got under my skin a little bit, so I, th- I think you get a little leeway with that. Yeah. Uh,
2: This past week, uh, I think it was, what, Monday, Harold Ramis, the f- famous director, writer, comedy guy, SCTV, if you're a comedy nerd from back in the 70s, uh, he did movies like Ghostbusters, and he wrote and directed Caddyshack, he wrote freaking Animal House, and – uh, Groundhog Day, and Stripes. Uh, did I mention Meatballs already? That too. Like, Kevin, I love Harold Ra- Like, of my top five movies, Caddyshack and Groundhog Day are in them. Uh, So, I, like, I was – like, usually like a celebrity does. I'm like, I, you know, you're sad for like five seconds. I'm like, I, whatever. But like Harold Ramis, I was like, oh, Harold Ramis, man. Egon from Ghostbusters. So, like right. – what is your favorite Harold
0: Ramis movie? Well, I I think part of the reason that that his death like hits hits a lot of us so hard is because we sort of came of age or oh, grew up watching the stuff that he did over and over and over again. I mean, I've seen Ghostbusters countless times. I've seen Caddyshack countless times i've seen stripes a bunch
2: meatballs Animal is great House. too but it's not on cable because it has a lot of titties and it, they have to chop it up so they well, can't really
0: put it, it on but and but meatballs underrated movie
2: it is underrated
0: oh. comedy and again it's because you don't see it a lot ralph um, just said titties <laughs> oh i guess half the half the people on uh canal street chronicles are going to be upset now because we said the word titties fuck 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 <laughs> fuck fuck, fuck. So you can just do this <laughs> there we in go. the comment. Um, yeah, so I mean, shoot. If I had to pick – and you see, that's that's the problem, if you had to pick a favorite movie because – You can pick two. Okay. I Okay, I think Groundhog Day is overall a better film. Like if I was trying to say – if I was trying to show somebody, show me why – show me why – Bill Murray is beloved. Show me why uh, Harold Ramis was a great director or or a, a, a great writer or or who could understand how to put together a story and all that kind of stuff. I would show Groundhog Day. I feel like Groundhog Day, Kevin, if it was released
2: today, would be even bigger because of yeah. the internet and probably yeah. depending on how strong that year's Best Picture and actors and stuff. I feel like that's a movie that could have won stuff for the But back in nineteen ninety, we didn't have the internet and all this, so it was like, oh, that's a cool movie. But like, right. like I feel like if it was released now, you'd be talking about like Bill Murray getting nominated, him getting nominated, maybe nominated for Best Picture. Like, I feel like it's that good.
0: Yeah, and and, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'm sure Bill Murray'd get passed over anyway, and we'd cut to we'd <laughs> cut to Bill Murray just. Holding back his, uh, his disdain for the whole thing, but, you know, wh- whatever. He'd still get nominated, which is Bill what Murray, he deserves. Bill Murray doesn't have step.
2: a cell phone. He has a – if you want to call him, it's an 800 number that you call,
0: and he calls you back. That's great. He's, yeah. he, you see, he's phenomenal. So, so you but, say but, Groundhog but, but, Day but if, and – But if we're talking Harold Ramis movie that you could watch, like, like if, you're, if you're with a group of people and they're like, oh, oh uh, what do you want to watch? Ghostbusters, oh. the original Ghostbusters, because the the idea that Dan Aykroyd had was so vastly different from what ended up being on on, on the film, and Harold Ramis deserves a lot of credit for helping you know with 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 the writing on all ghostbusters that
2: ghostbusters could have been fucking ridiculous and terrible like
0: yeah. it just yeah and, and 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 you know maybe maybe because it was such maybe because everybody had played played a role in making it so phenomenal like you know you you hear like uh, or you read like the oral history of ghostbusters and Bill Murray was improving like so much shit and Harold Ramis You you know, like all the guys were doing so much different things. They all brought different. They all brought different things to the table. But, I mean, for God's sakes, man, you've you've got the Twinkie speech. That's a big. The Twinkie speech plus print is dead. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. And, I mean, I mean, and, and you could argue, you could argue, he, you could argue that. The best line he ever had is Egon was actually in Ghostbusters 2 when he says, "Let's see what happens when we take away the puppy." <laughs> I mean, good lord! I, I mean, I mean that like—that's <laughs> what Egon. Michael Vick said. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! I mean, that's a, like his whole character was a distinct look. Yeah, like that character in itself was a look. I mean, Bill Murray. And Dan Aykroyd just looked like two schlubs. I mean, Ernie Hudson just, you know, looked like looked like a schlub. Just looked like a guy. Yeah. Like they all just looked like guys. But, you know, fucking Egon, like that. Like if if you said, yeah, I'm the guy's name is Egon. Yeah, that's what e that's what an Egon looks like. Yeah, and the thing is, like he 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 played it
2: in such a way where like it was he was kind of. Made it kind of believable that like oh yeah this guy he's serious about of spores and fungus and ghosts and he's you know got to do this like he he's he's like such a good straight man but Andrew your favorite two Harold Ramis movies is Andrew with us?
3: Yeah I'm here sorry you're I got pon- cut off for you're a second pondering no I got cut off for okay. a second what was the question your favorite
2: two favorite Harold Ramis movies and you can rank them or not
3: well i'm gonna throw this one out. I don't know that it's my favorite, but I just have an appreciation for this one um because I've always kind of hated Billy Crystal, and yeah. I you know just any movie that Billy Crystal's in I kind of automatically oh. write off but um analyze this was a movie that he did, and uh he actually made the impossible task of making him remotely funny um so I have a lot of respect for him for actually turning Billy Crystal into something even remotely watchable um uh, but there <laughs> there's a scene, yeah the, there, there's Hood. a there's a scene in that movie where um basically uh you know he, Billy Crystal's character is told you know hey okay I'm I'm taking you to meet the mob you need you just need to be as vague as possible you know don't say anything um you know just stay out of everyone's way and if anyone asks you questions just be very vague (laughs) so you know he immediately comes in like he owns the place and he's like did you talk to the guy what guy the guy with the thing what thing what the fuck are you talking about and so it's just (laughs) that that scene is hilarious and uh you know he was the creator of that so um props for that one but i gotta go Caddyshack. oh dude come on the Caddyshack is just the instant classic and uh, anyway, so, uh, I mean, those two are, are memorable moments for me.
2: Hey, you know, and I had a bone to pick with a guy at Grantland, Wesley Morris. He wrote a, he wrote a, a glowing. A bone to pick. Yeah. I mean, well, he wrote a a, gl- a a nice piece about Harold Ramis, but he said something horrible about Caddyshack. He said Caddyshack had no plot. They had plot. Off. Danny was trying to get the scholarship. Man, <laughs> right. That was the plot. You know, it wasn't gone with the wind or nothing, but it was a plot. <laughs> Daddy, don't you want don't you want to be hey, go, going
3: going back winner? real quick to uh, Canal Street Chronicles comments getting mad about uh, w- did something happen did I miss something they just are they are they mad about profanity or something there there's certain people that are always mad about the profanity and oh.
2: yet they keep they keep listening and I don't understand like what like what don't you get like we say we say fuck like th- as soon as the as soon as the Pelican Pelican House ad is over we're dropping four letter bombs like it's what we do
0: yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's probably going to cost me any shot of getting a job with the uh, Nola Media Group. Did you did you really apply for that? Yes, I did.
2: What, what, what if what, what,
3: job what, what, is what that? if what if the job is to be Jeff Duncan's lapdog?
0: Uh, let, let me let, let me just tell you this. If uh, to 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 use a quote from Ghostbusters, uh, if there's a steady paycheck involved, I will believe anything you say.
2: <laughs> let me tell you something, Nola News Group. I know. Uh, uh, whatever, Gladlow and other people listen to this podcast. I know they do. Hire this man, Kevin Held. He can web produce the shit out of stuff.
3: And he's better than anything you get.
2: That's exactly right. Exactly right. I know they, they listen, Kevin. I know they do. So they should <laughs> hire you. Hire you. You are, more, you are more than capable than whatever they have in the pile of resumes that they've got. God, I hope so. Oh, yeah. My wife wants to pick a Harold Ramis movie.
3: All right. Did you did you put Sheesh. Sean Orleans or Kevin Held at the top I of put, the? I uh,
2: put Kevin
0: uh, Held. President. Kevin Orleans
2: <laughs> He will yeah. powerbomb Noah that to the top.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My wife. Well, wants- well, well, I tell you what, man. If there's a ladder match involved for the final candidates, you're, I think I've got a leg Kevin, up on that.
2: You're a lock. My wife wants to pick a favorite Harold Ramis movie. She said Christmas Vacation. Regular, regular, Some, regular, yeah, regular, regular vacation. vacation. Yeah, regular
3: vacation. Regular vacation is good, but they don't have shit on Caddyshack. Come on.
2: But Christmas vacation holds up better in the vacation movies. But but Caddyshack yeah. is, if if you were like you get to watch one more movie before you die, I'm picking Caddyshack. If you're sending me to a desert island and I have to bring one movie, I'm bringing Caddyshack. Like Caddyshack is. If you have testicles, my wife says maybe, but there are other movies. Groundhog Day two is just. Well, but you drive a
3: mini, so you don't have any.
2: It's a, oh, see, that's probably. <laughs> Burn! It's true. My wife just went. And my wife nodded. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love like I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna rewatch Groundhog Day this week. I like. I love that movie. It's like, do you have? Do you ever have deja vu, Alice? I don't know. I'll have to check with the chef it's just like so good but um, and the thing is like the thing that too early for flapjacks
3: what's the soup du jour (laughs) the thing that oh that's the soup of the day
2: is they're gonna remake groundhog day no eventually they will they were thinking about doing a musical of it they're eventually gonna remake it and it's gonna be fucking terrible it's gonna be fucking terrible the pelicans got roasted Monty Williams needs to get fired.
3: Yeah, he really does. Um and that's just the bottom line. I mean the, the Pelicans ruin everything. They they've already ruined CP three. Yeah. They're in the process of ruining Anthony Davis. They keep employing Monty Monty Williams. They ru- they've already ruined Pierre the Pelican. Now they're there's talk they're gonna axe King Cake Baby. I mean they ruin everything. What? Baby. They're gonna
2: axe King Cake Baby?
3: I uh, I there's chatter what that the this fuck, may be his man? last year.
2: Gonna, my wife's face is just stunned. She's gonna cry. She loves the King Cake baby. She thinks he's adorable, with them big scary eyes and like they can't get rid of King Cake baby. Dude, what are they like? The King Cake baby is one of their awesome thing. I mean, god damn it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the only acceptable farewell to King Cake baby is for him to do some sacrilegious thing like. <laughs> The, the Sinead O'Connor po- picture th- scenario, um, I mean, I feel like that's the only cere- c- ceremonious departure that could work for me. Um, otherwise, they, they can't. I mean, he's kind of got that little child's play Chucky thing going. It just, like... You know. And look, let's be serious here. Evil and creepy is the only thing the Pelicans franchise has going on right now.
2: It does. I wonder I wonder if, if Tom... I mean, they just gave him all extensions. But I wonder if Tom Benson would be like, fuck you people. Y'all are ruining this shit. I'm firing all of you motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, he did it with, like, you had, Like, I mean, like, we make fun of... But, like, Benson, he'll shit-can people. He did it with the <laughs> Like, he's not afraid to do it. You know? So, and he's getting... He, like, he's not... like Like, Benson, like... I know people give him shit and all this post-Katrina, but... To me, like, he's a great owner that he leaves the fucking Saints alone. Like, Mickey, you know, like, Benson isn't, like, meddling with Mickey Loomis or Sean Payton. And, like, eventually Benson's not going to be around. Hopefully he'll live five, ten more years. But eventually somebody's going to fucking buy the Saints and they're going to be worth a billion dollars. They're going to have to pay a billion dollars for it. And they might want to fuck it all up to hell like Daniel Snyder. So, God. you know.
0: Well, ho- look. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Rita Benson LeBlanc, or and uh, or maybe it'll be her kids by that time. Uh, hopefully, they won't sell it to some uh, Napoleonic uh, shithead.
2: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
2: I enjoyed your rant about uh, the Pelicans, Andrew. So um, I guess that about Kevin. Do you have a wrestling update for us before we get out of here?
0: Um. Let's see. Uh, I'm currently I'm, – I'm battling pink eye, so hopefully pink eye – You got eye... the Bob
2: Costas Sochi pink eye?
0: Yep. Hopefully that will be gone before next weekend because that's when I'm supposed to wrestle in St. Louis. <laughs> pink eye for the straight guy. Actually, I put that on my Facebook page. Thank you very much. <laughs> hashtag. Um, yeah, hashtag. Um,
2: hashtag blood red.
0: Um, <laughs> I, so I haven't really been able to uh, train – uh, lately, I went to Tennessee last weekend before the the pink guy showed up. How long of the drive is that? Uh, four hours. Oh, that's not too bad. No, 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 four hours there, four hours back.
2: That's not that's not terrible. I thought it was longer than that.
0: Well, yeah, it, well, I mean, you're going there, you're going there, and there's still it's still light out, so you got that. But then when you leave, you're leaving at like eleven o'clock at night, and then it's pitch ass black. On the highway, and then when you get to the interstate, there's a little bit of light, and then you go through you go through stretches of I-55 where it's there's nothing. So, trying to you know <laughs> stay awake and focused is, is is a is a chore. That I mean, thank God there were other guys in the car and they were just you know talking to me and yeah, just shooting the shit helped keep. Hey, me do awake. we do we have an LSU basketball update, Ralph? Uh, they
2: were winning by fourteen. God. Damn it, Andrew. You had to bring up Saturday. Jesus oh, Christ. Sorry. LSU it was right there for them. They could have beat Kentucky and been an 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. I thought they fucking had it and they didn't finish. Yeah, LSU, the LSU basketball is nothing but
3: disappointing. This, this basketball season for Louisiana awesome. has just been the worst.
2: It's, aw- it's awful. It's going to be another year where Louisiana has no teams in the tournament. Yep. Uh. So... Before we get out of here, Andrew, go to Canal Street Chronicles and lead the podcast and leave a comment about how we curse too much. Uh, Andrew, you have a piece on Zach Streef's potential value on Saints Nation. What else do you have going on?
3: Uh, well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just – uh is about to wrap up, so I'm going to be covering that every day. Um, I, I actually just finished a mock draft. Um, after who'd, the combine. Who would you have the Saints we, picking? Well, I had Calvin Pryor actually falling to them oh. at 27. So get ready for your second straight safety people nice. picked in the first round by the Saints. But the, So that was my pick. Um, my first round pick in the previous one was Zach Martin, the tackle of Notre Dame. Um, but I was feeling more confident that um, that Zach Streif is going to be re-signed. So, um, so now I'm thinking outside the box. Nice. But, uh, so anyway, Pryor is my pick this time. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how it develops.
2: And Kevin, you you gave us the wrestling update and you're going to do a power poll before the end of the year
0: or not? Yeah, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to sell a guy on some white wall tires. And then, uh, and then after that, I'm trying to help some of these younger guys that I'm actually training with, trying to help them come up with, uh, name wrestling names and what to call their finishing moves and entrance wow. music so i'm trying to help them with uh important decisions Rest. and i'm trying to be i'm trying to i'm I'm acting like an older brother because wow he max I'm, on I'm the ladies everybody. yeah older than
3: everybody are you still macking on the ladies
0: Yes, I am. I'm still finding time to mack on the ladies when the pink eye isn't killing me (laughs) and when I'm not uh, practicing in a wrestling ring. Yes, I am macking on ladies. Hey, baby,
2: do you want to get some pink eye?
3: (laughs) Well, what's a more effective uh, pickup, uh, Kevin? Is it the pink eye or is it the scarf that you wear um, during the wrestling matches?
0: Uh, Actually, the uh, (laughs) – The the lady I'm seeing, she loves the hell out of the fact that I wear that I wear a scarf to the ring because she knows everybody <laughs> hates it. <laughs> it plays the scarf plays man. All right. People people hate a guy. Kevin, do you have a smoking
3: hate jacket a that you wear with the a
0: scarf? scarf? So Wait, not
3: so not such a fan of the pink eye then.
0: Uh no, she does not like the fact that I have been that I have to sequester myself. You're <laughs> You're
2: in quarantine.
0: Yeah. So she wants to shop on Isle Kevin, and she can. <laughs> well, so
2: on that note, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I need sound. I need sound effects at, at at uh at my fingertips. So people remember, you need to donate. I need to re- do this at the beginning of the show because I don't know how many people listen to the end. But go to uh, chronicpodcast.podbean.com and donate. Even if you donate a dollar, so we can keep the good audio, so we can keep Kevin on Match.com, so we can
3: – And so, Ra- so Ralph can buy a new car.
2: So I can buy a new car and <laughs> so that uh, Kevin can get antibiotics for his pink eye. Like there's so many things that you could do if you would just donate right. like 2 $3 a month.
0: Right. Andrew's kid needs tennis last exactly. Yeah, Oh, yeah. True. Exactly. Fact. Dave needs to hire a, pr- a private chef.
3: Exactly. David living <laughs> his pampered life
0: Fuck, fucking foodie yeah.
2: so on that note uh, I'm Ralph Marlboro for Kevin Held aka Sean Orleans and Andrew Juge uh, so long until next week hire this <laughs> man! hire him now!